I like that a lot. Yeah, my bad. Let me fucking pull this script up. <clears throat> I'm gonna get it right though. <laughs> nah, but you told me. This is G. Sorry, I'm trying to take two. They be like, slow up, homie. You talking too fast. I got a couple of quips. I came to talk trash. Yeah, he's Bucky Watson, Bradley Bax. This is going down. We call it the G Splash. Yo, this is G Splash. Welcome to G Splash, episode eleven, our mid-season finale. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I'm your host, Bradley Baxter. Got my man Chris Watts with me. Always riding shotgun like a regular Chewbacca. Ride or die. Or I'm the Chewbacca to his Han Solo. Yeah, there we go. Uh, this is the only podcast on the internet. That your friends don't know about because you haven't told them. That's on you. And every... Yeah, really, though. Come on. Pull your head <laughs> out, guys. Like, you know, we need to up that ante. Uh, every Thursday, we talk movies, comics, tech, music. Who's dating who? Who's eating the Kardashian salad? Is it big? How big is the bowl? Is there socks involved? Mm-hmm. I have no idea what I'm talking about because I'm not in that whole mix. These all seem like you ha- pop culture stuff to me, so I believe it. Although I am wearing some MailChimp socks right now, so shout out to MailChimp for those. They're pink as fuck. Brought to you by um, MailChimp. Before we get into the show, we got a couple announcements to make. Uh, announcements to make. Uh, mm-hmm. Announcements. Ooh-hoo. Yeah, you like you like the little Michael Jackson. Come on. So because of the holidays coming up, uh, we are taking a hiatus for a few weeks to spend some time with our families. Pig out on some good nutritious, n- nutritious or delicious foods. Maybe both. Who um, knows? Lots of eggnog. If you like eggnog, I'm on the fence about eggnog. Chris, you like eggnog? Not a huge eggnog fan. More of a cocoa man myself. Cocoa man. All right. You like that extra chocolate? I like it fairly chocolate. Right, 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 right. Um, so an update to my show. I know I mentioned last week that I had a show, and and it's canceled. I'm gonna. It's done. <laughs> it's done. Uh, it's too close to the holidays, a lot of last minute stuff, and it just wouldn't have been the good show. So, had to make the s- smart move there. Smart move. Sorry, I like it. You t- made the call, um, uh, Chris. I don't. You know what? The, but it's going to be bigger than ever when you come back now because you really you gave everybody a little taste of the sugar and then you took it away. <laughs> so now people are going to be like, "What's up with this guy?" Now I got to see. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I know, Chris. You saw this, but I did that weird video the other day or, or stories Hell on my yeah. Instagram. I loved that. Where I was kind of going nuts on a, a new song that I made. Um, some people found it funny. Some people just didn't, which is fine, I guess. I thought it was everything. I liked it. I thought it was funny. I thought it was. I was getting a lot of text messages that were like, "Oh, this is great! Like you're you're an idiot." And I was like, "I know, but it was funny." Anyway. But that's what's great about it. You can just put yourself out there and say, "I don't give a shit. I'm just gonna do what I want to do and have some fun." And that's what your shows are. It's you crushing good tunes you made, and. Being yourself. I like it. Yeah, that's a win. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a win. That's how I, that's how I do it. Uh, if you check my Instagram story right now, I do have to give a huge shout out to my homie Genesis. Her stupid Cowboys beat my stupid Raiders. Um, Lots of stupid was, going on there. A lot of stupid. I was very upset about this. This was not a good look. Uh, anyway, so I had to do two shots. 
because I lost, and so I did them. They're on the story if you care to see that. You can, check out, Bra- uh, you can check out Brad's Instagram at Bradlee, that's L-E-E, Baxter. Yep, yep, yep. And B-R-A-D-L-E-E-B-A-X-T-E-R. It'll probably be gone by the time you get there. Well, but there's whatever. lots of other fun pictures and, and other things yeah, there is. to look it's, at and enjoy. I mean, I'm really, I'm really good looking, so. So follow just, him. So get there now. <laughs> Uh, all right, man. You ready to get in some to some uh, oh, some news? The latest heck, and greatest. Yeah, I've been waiting Let's... for the. I'm gonna jump into some sports out the gate. Cool. Uh, Carolina Panthers are for sale. Perfect. Guess who wants to buy them? Mm, nobody. Me. How oh, many dollars? Switch? I don't. I actually have. I didn't. I don't know the dollar amount. I got top. a crisp hundred burning a hole in the old paquete. So, uh, but but te- teams these days are going for billions. So yeah, I bet they are. Who wants to buy them? Uh, your boy Puffy Sean Diddy Combs. Did he change Papa his name like Puff. Master Love or something like that recently? I have no idea what his name. Diddy's is new name days. is like is like uh, it's like uh, you know Diddy. It was like it was Puff Daddy, and then it was you know P Diddy. Now it's Diddy, and now it's like Doctor Love. No, now I think it's actually Popo Gijo. Popo Gijo. Brother Love. That's his new yeah. name. He just changed it. What a what a weirdo. Uh, he wants to buy it, and what's he want to do with it? He wants to, first thing, hire Colin Kaepernick. Oh, to do what? Quarterback. Uh, he Over, said he, what, he just, he just said Cam oh, Newton? Yeah, I don't know how he's going to do that, but he said it would be a good competition and blah, blah. But uh someone else chimed in and said that they want to help uh participate possibly and that is my man Steph Curry. Chef Curry with the pop boy. He wants to buy he doesn't have a billion dollars. No, nah, but he'll like chime in, he'll be a part of the No one like all these dudes that get together to buy a team. Like there's not one person that owns a team except maybe Jerry Jones, but like like Justin Timberlake owns the Grizzlies, but he's in like a group. It's like when Jay Z com- he like Jay Z owned the the Nets, but he didn't really right, own right, the Nets. Right. He, he owned just had like a forty of other people. Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be like kind of one of those deals. We'll see what that how that unfolds. Uh, that'll be, I think it'll be a cool. I think it'd be cool for Diddy to own a team. What do you think? He says uh, he claims that he'll have the best halftime show. Well, I mean that's exactly where I was gonna go with it. The spectacle alone is worth it. You know, let's add a little bit of flair to the NFL. It's been getting dry. I mean, if, I mean, if anybody's gonna add flair and like entertainment. I don't think you want to. I don't think it gets any better than than Diddy. I mean, he's really he's just got an eye for the good stuff, doesn't? I mean, he? he's gonna yeah, and he's got every, <laughs> he's got everybody in his Rolodex. Like, he's friends. Know. He's friendly. He's made some good connections. I, I'm in Steph Curry. I don't know. I don't think so. I, I think he's just I talking mean, long, to talk. I think Steph Curry will throw the, the dollars in. He won't probably care or like make any business decisions. But uh, I, I don't see and I don't see Diddy making like GM decisions either as an owner. But I think I think it's I think it's cool. I, I'd be okay with it. I'm not a Panthers fan, as I don't know how they feel about it. But I like when stuff gets shook up. I'm in. Yeah, shake up the league a little bit. Uh, moving on to basketball. You're a Lakers fan. Yuck. Oh, you're a Celtics fan. That's right. Yeah, the other direction. <laughs> uh, I thought you were yellow and you went green. Why? Uh, what, what are these the... dumb Lakers up to now? Lakers retired Kobe Bryant's number eight and twenty-four jerseys the other night against the Warriors. Both, yeah, both numbers. I I don't know. Is it? He's got to be like the only player to do that, right? Yeah, does, I didn't know he had two numbers even. Really, he didn't. No, was it like a was that like a big deal? Um, yeah, he uh, he went from eight to twenty-four. I don't know. If, 
I don't know. Just because you felt like reason. it? Did you lose a bet? I think or tw- I think 24 was maybe his original number, but he had eight for so long. He went number 24 in high school before switching to 33. He was drafted by the Hornets, traded to the Lakers. 33 was retired uh, because of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And 24 was taken by George McLeod, so he took number eight until 2006, 2007 when he changed it to 24. So they're just basically there saying, you, you know what? If Kobe Bryant liked that number, you can't have it. Yeah, so it's funny that he like his the number he didn't want. <laughs> yeah, he's like, Ugh, number I guess I'll like, take eight. He took eight, and then like now they retired eight. Somebody that's coming up is like, I'm gonna play for the Lakers. My dream. They're like, can't wait to get that number eight. Now they're like, fuck, you didn't even really like it that much. God damn it. Let's <laughs> so, all go with stupid seven. <laughs> seven, eight, nine. Uh, you know, seven, eight, nine. Uh, that's why there's no. That's why there's no. That's why there's no iPhone nine. That's it. It's the truth. Just the seven, eight, nine. Get it? Uh, <laughs> uh, um, uh? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Speaking of the greats, um, Eminem dropped a new record, as well as G Easy and Nerd. Oh hell yeah! Uh, have Have you got a chance to listen to any of these? I haven't listened to any of those. You're the music. You're the music guy. I, yeah, and uh, I definitely want to dig into more. Other music other than um, hip hop and rap, but I listen to all these records. And you think they're my opinion? My opinion on the matter is I didn't like none of them. Was like really good to me. I thought they were. I was kind of disappointed in the NERD record. That's too bad. I I, I didn't like it. I felt I felt I was skipping tracks Um, a lot. You're like, okay. I don't think I got through. I don't think I got through a, a full song. And nice. then um G Easy's got a couple of good tracks. Uh I do like there's a it's one of the tracks that's on the top charts is No Limit with ASAP, Rocky, and um Cardi B. Noise. But it's it's a cool track. What about Emi Neem's album? As far as Eminem's record, uh Revival. Um I didn't like it. <laughs> I did not enjoy it. No, there's thank two- you. There are two songs on there that uh, that I'll listen to. One is called Framed. The other one is called uh, Offended. Okay. If you know, if you look back in Eminem's catalog, he's always got like a a nursery rhyme reference or like a kid song right. reference. Oh, so always. in this one, so in this one, he's like, "Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. <laughs> Want me to go eat some easy. worms?" Yeah. So he like just dial it back a notch, Eminem. But he he, those two those are the best songs on the record, and those are really good. Um, I just it sounded to me like it was uh, another attempt at like a re- his recovery album, which did right, really right. well. Was like, I mean, t- let's do that again because that made money. Did you know that Eminem every album that Eminem has put out, he's won like best uh, hip hop album or Grammy, except for one record. Damn, that's that's pretty impressive streak. I mean, when you put out stuff as good and iconic and catchy and mainstream and not mainstream at the same time as he has, you can uh, you can do some damage at the old award shows. So I was I'm a big hip hop fan, obviously. And um, who you? Yeah, who me? Couldn't nah, be. Well, couldn't be. <laughs> Speaking of nursery rhymes, um, so super dope rapper Merce who was a part of the living legends uh big big in the underground scene I've I've met him a few times I don't know if he remembers me or not but um he's been work he's been working over at hip hop DX 
he broke down this video about hip hop in the Grammys that I saw. And uh, uh, you've, you've heard people like Kanye, like people talking about banning, like, or like protesting the Grammys, blah, blah, oh, blah. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's always been a um, some kind of disconnect with hip hop and the Grammys. And so right. what I really loved about this video, and I'm going to put the link in, in below, uh, is, is Merce really broke it down to like make people understand. Because I don't know if you remember a couple years ago, Macklemore cleaned house at the Grammys. Yeah. And, was, and everybody was, yeah. And everybody was upset because they felt like Kendrick Lamar had a better album. Was that the Pimp but, Butterfly year? Uh, that was uh, Mad City. His first okay. one. Okay. There was a big thing about that. And he got basically bullied in, in for apology. Like he had to apologize. He felt like he had to apologize to like Drake and all these other artists and all his texts came out and it was a big deal. And so Merce, Merce really breaks it down about like how it works, how the voting works mm-hmm. and, and why it's the way it is. So definitely check that out. If you want to understand the Grammys, because it'll make you really for such an incredible award. It kind of makes it humbles it a lot, I would say. And is that like a, something interesting, like just in general about the Grammys or is it most like hip hop based? No, no. So he no, he breaks it down like how people vote, mm-hmm. who gets to vote, who's eligible to vote, and then who's actually voting. Like it's okay. it's it's almost like politics. It's, like a, right? it's, like, all, it's all politics, same as the Oscars it, or any award show. Yeah. It's all about who knows who and talks to and advertises the right people and shakes the right hands and freaking well, like, so the right the, babies. Right. There's a lot of artists who probably don't realize that they are actually eligible to vote that don't vote, especially in the hip hop community. Sure. So he go he goes through that whole thing, breaks it down, and uh, it was actually a really cool video. All right. So the main theme of this episode is what, Chris? What are we talking? We're talking Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, we're dark. We're dorking out real big. I should probably grab the lightsaber I have. It's and I the time to do it. It's been out for a week now. Uh, it is time that we dig into it. So obviously, spoiler because we're talking about a lot of stuff. If you before we get into hung it, hung in here this long, you keep hanging before, in. <laughs> but before we do get into it, I do want to say that since we're on working titles, Star Wars Nine already has a working title, and it's called Black Diamond. Yeah, but that's just like an homage to Blue Harvest. I was thinking is, more along the lines of the Black Lightsaber. I mean, they're probably just they're throwing. It's going to be called something else, like Jedi Reborn or Revenge of the Jedi or something. So I can't do that one then. So they so it has to be something else. I'm not going to sit here and wildly speculate, but I think it's <laughs> definitely going to be called The Good Guys Win. The Good Guys Win Again. Star uh, Wars 9, The Good Guys Did It. They won the big right. game. <laughs> On that note, let's get into our buzz of the week. Now the ship's so there's been crazy mixed feelings, and people are catching feelings about this movie. Uh, mostly, I want to say like the hardcore fans. It but, has to be the hardcore fans. But some people just really do not like this movie God. so much so oh. that there has been a petition put together to remove the film from the canon and the story whole the whole storyline. That's just it's just such a silly, silly, willy nilly thing. It's insane. Apparently, the movie doesn't fall in line with. About 260 other stories in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it pretty have much you, wipes out all that. Have you read any of? Yeah, have yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I've, I've, I mean, they they put them out constantly, and they, you know, they some of them are non-canon books you'll find, but like mostly the stuff you find at mainstream places, like you know, at Casco on the table, or you know, I think they just made like Aftermath was one that came out right after um, The Force Awakens, and then there was a sequel to that. But I mean, I've read I've read some over the years. Um, I mean, the story is super rich, super detailed. They expand on so much stuff. Well, it's called expanded universe. Uh, but, uh, but I mean, I don't, that's just, that's, that's silly. That's silly to me. Um, so basically people are upset because they feel like it failed to give Luke Skywalker and the Jedi a fitting end. Luke Skywalker uh, dies. I told you, spoiler alert. This, he doesn't really die. He more passes I mean, on. I don't think, but that, I think the argument here is that like, and this is a spoiler, so skip ahead. If no, this episode is about that. If you haven't seen it yet, come back and listen later. We are going to be hitting. I agree hard. with you. I I agree with hard. you. It's, this is like the one movie everyone's talking about. So if you haven't seen it, pull your head out. You're uh, the only person that hasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Although I've seen, have, I've run. People have not seen Star Wars. I'm finding more and more people like I've never seen. Like they're on dating apps that'll that'll literally state that in their bio. I've never seen Star Wars. Never seen Star Wars. Whoopsie doodle. Yeah. Anyway. Um. So basically, there people people are upset because apparently in the canon, in this time frame, Luke Skywalker is supposed to be building this new it, Jedi squad. Is mm-hmm. that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. And so in this film, well, sort of. I mean, it's it, in the book series. It's completely. There's twins, and they're they're the two twins from Han and Leia, and then they end up going separate, and Luke's doing this and. It, it it is very it is a rich rich history of stuff. Of lore. what are your what's your feeling on that? Like in, in the movie, the, he it's a com, I wouldn't is it a completely different story? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, there are elements that are that are maybe borrowed or or things that that kind of come into play that maybe have similarities or that have caused speculation. But if, for the most part, it is completely its own. I think that's what I mean. At this point in time, like. You know, even all the MCU movies and all the movies now, it's like they'll take a storyline and then adapt it to the screen. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Because, okay, well, that's similar to this or this has elements of that. So it's definitely. Yeah, I I totally get that. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think I think for a long time in Hollywood, um, Hollywood's been criticized for taking adapt and uh, making, you know, a film adaptation. Mm hmm. Sure. To book to books and comic books and people get really like, oh well that didn't happen in the book. Will it be as good as the book? Will it be as good as the comic? Yeah. You know, like for instance, you know, Tony Stark didn't make Ultron in the comics. Yeah, they just made it so Hank that Pym worked did. for the yeah, they just made that so it fit better. But they still implemented Hank Pym like the rivalry between Starks and Pims, and I think Sure. I think it fits, but it, it, it it's just some things you can't that you can storytell in comic books or even novels that you can't, that you just do. can't, you can't yeah. do on films. Well, too, I th- too difficult. I, I think for me, the biggest thing with this whole, you know, there are 260, you know, stories and all this stuff, this whole, the, basically the erasing the extended universe for the, what it really, the main point it boils down to is the fact that these movies, they dictate how things happen and how things will continue to happen. So, I there were so many years in that gap there where we went with you know no Star Wars and then we had the three prequels 
and then and then there was years again, nice a nice branch where there was there was nothing Star Wars coming out, except maybe a video game here that they considered to be you know maybe canon or all these yeah, books. So cartoon. people, yeah, people filled yeah. it in and they made their own stories and expanded it because it's such a rich area to to mine and come up with these great characters and stories and backgrounds and and I think that's amazing. I think that should always happen. We should always, as a collective of people that enjoy things, try and contribute to make them better or to create things that further the story. But at the end of the day, the films are where they started and the films are where they were. The films are where they will continue to go. So the fact that this one erased all that, that's completely fine. That stuff still exists and maybe it's considered non-canon or maybe it's considered an alternate reality. I mean, it's just like, it comes down to what Star Trek did with these new movies where, oh no, an alternate reality happened. So all the stuff you you love, you're an old Trek, Trek fan, uh, still happened, but this is just happening now. And maybe you can, you can in some ways say, say that or get, give some credit to all those stories. But for the most part, this movie erases things because it's setting up the stage for new things to come. And I think people are really upset and people that are invested in the extended universe, people that are really far down the star Wars rabbit hole. Sure. Maybe they're upset, but at the end of the day, this is giving you a whole new canvas to paint with. And those stories are still just as good, even if they're not considered the actual story. So just take what it is because the movies set the bar and follow. Yeah, No, exactly. And I think too, um, the one thing I would add to your, what you're saying is that, Hey, I mean, we're talking about ga- like they go galaxies into galaxies into galaxies far, far, far away. There's got to be more people than the six original people they casted in this whole thing. <laughs> right. Very like, true. I mean, there's, there's hundreds of millions of different species or, or sure. just, it could be anybody. So to sit here and say, like, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. Da, 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 I think you just look, you're going to have your opinion on the film, but like going this far to like start a petition things like that and <laughs> to go as far as to saying they should push back episode 9 and actually remake episode 8 to allow fans to keep their heroes i mean it's just it's just it's silly it's it's outrageous just what comes it doesn't matter if if it's not what you expected i mean at the end of the day it's a phenomenal film and there are people i know we're going to get into it later and talk about some of like these crazy reaction stuff but I mean, let it let it go. Enjoy what's incoming in these stories and how they change. And I think people get so wrapped up in this idea of, you know, they're heroes and stuff. But I completely agree with you. The fact that there are these certain twists and turns the film takes to kind of diminish the idea that it has to be this certain group of people or this certain bloodline. I think that's a beautiful thing because it's actually opening up everything and it's taking a different approach to what we've seen before. And and I, I, I dig that. I'm not going to sit here and be mad. Now, there are certain parts that we'll talk about that are you know, a little bit weaker than others or, or parts that are stronger than others. But for the most, for the most part, I am completely on board with this erasing what is considered canon because it needs to be fresh and new and it needs to follow what path, the path that this is setting. But the guy who did start this petition is actually like, he regrets it now. Uh, He said something along the lines of, there are other things that need media attention than this. He didn't expect it to get so big. Got up to I think fifty five thousand. Wow, around there. Um, but obviously Disney's not gonna. I mean, I mean it's even, an absolutely ridiculous. Like you know what? We will do that. Yeah, I. And so with that being said, we'll just we're gonna roll right into it. And uh, I was gonna go through the plot, but seriously, if you haven't seen it, you're you're living on the wrong planet, man. You're under a rock at this point. <laughs> so let's get into our thoughts, Chris. Um, how many times have you seen the movie? 
I've actually only seen it one time, but only because it was it was been it's been a crazy holiday season. But I'm planning on seeing it again over this holiday break for sure. Uh, I actually did a double feature, so I watched uh, Force Awakens and mm-hmm. then uh, and then watched that back to back at the old IMAX. So I was inside a movie theater for five hours. Coming out was like this is what day is like. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it was um, great. My my initial thoughts were that I loved it. I was I was over the moon. I was it it, it surprised me. I think it had some beautiful shots. I think there were, um, like I said before, there was a couple weak parts, but uh, for the most part, I was just absolutely blown away and completely satisfied. I I one hundred percent agree with you on that. Uh, I've seen it twice now. Oh damn! Uh, I saw it in forty X last night. Is that a is that uh, a real trip for two and a half hours and your seats moving all over the place? Um so. I know I've talked about 40X in the past, but uh, basically, if you're just now catching up to 40X, 40X is like motion, lights, senses, things that go on inside the mo- while you're actually watching the movie to make you feel like you're, quote, in the movie. In the film. And I've seen a lot of terrible movies with, in 40X. <laughs> I've seen some uh, bad ones. <laughs> where I'm like, uh, for instance, Batman Superman was probably one of the worst films to see in, in 40X. I literally came out of there with a sore back um, and a, and a tired think, brain and a broken spirit. <laughs> so to be honest, man, 40X is really hit or miss. I saw Rogue One last year in 40X and I, I thought it was done incredibly well uh, for the first, I want to say 35 minutes that you, you forget that you're in a 40X movie. That's the trick. And then the minute you get into a ship, it like the hall, the seats will move anyway. But for this one, it was a little bit more aggressive than I had originally thought it was going to be. But man, there's so many. (laughs) No, there's so many. There's so many like uh, flight and um, space wars. Sure. Like battle scenes that go on. So you're constantly feeling like you're in the the ship. And it it was actually really cool. Um, I know there's not. A whole lot of 40x theaters out in America right now. I think there's only a handful, but it was a lot of fun last night. Like I went in and it's really it an sold experience. out. It was cool. Um, overall, the the movie itself, in my opinion, lots of fun. There's lots of action. Uh, I want to say in the second act, it gets a little uh, sl- a little bit slower. Yeah, absolutely. When you have the three split man, stories, yeah, yeah, because there's a lot going on, but. But man, there's some great stuff. Uh, my my favorite scene in the movie is when that they turn that ship or when she turns that ship around. Ugh, Isn't and that then she like hits the hyperspeed and it just goes <laughs> and like just silence and then you just see in slow motion this ship wreck this big ass ship. I mean, that was probably. My favorite scene. It really, that was such a, and that's so funny that you say that too, because everyone I've talked about that says the same thing. Like it was such a gorgeous, the way it shot, the way everything about that, because she turns the big like carrier around and yeah, then she goes high, pushes the hyperspace button or the warp. I say warp speed, that's not wrong, but jumps to light speed and again blows right through. But like for that moment, it just, there's no sound. And like the, the way it looks were like, it's like all of a sudden it's there and then there's just a big gash in the big ship and all the other little destroyers are all just blown up like it made this zigzag. Like that whole yeah. thing was so freaking gorgeous. And like it's just this moment where everything stops. And it's like that was a devastating blow and it was still 
it was just silent. So that that is easily for me. That's my favorite visual scene in the whole film. Yeah, definitely. Um, my other favorite scene is, I think, when Kylo Ren and Rey uh, battle Snoke's guys. Yeah, the that whole scene in the in the uh, the throne room or whatever. That was yeah. a great. That's a great scene, uh, just in general, to have like them battling and it's it's good it's obviously good choreographed fighting which you want to see with lightsabers and all kinds of weapons and stuff but it also has just a lot of implications and a lot of different things you know them fighting together and being like you know maybe there's this hope and then that obviously spirals out of control but also i really like that scene because it's one of these things that plays into this bigger idea that it doesn't matter like the old stuff and this is what a lot of star wars people hate which is one of the things i actually really enjoy is like what he says. He, Kylo Ren just says, you have to let the past die. And it's like all right. that stuff doesn't matter moving forward. Those are old those are old ways of thinking, and maybe there are no more Jedi or no, no more Sith, but it's it's the world moves on. The universe moves on. And like even in that scene, when she's trying to go after Snoke, she picks up his lightsaber. And so she's our Jedi hero holding a red lightsaber, which you don't see. You know, and but it didn't matter right, that it was right. red. It was the fact that it was a weapon, and then they can share, and she can throw. She throws the blue into him, and it's more about the it, it's more about the bigger ideas of good and evil, and how they can be found in any person, and any person can open themselves up. Than it is about just like, oh, you are a bad guy, so you have to be this way, and you're a good guy, so you have to do these things. And that scene where they're just fighting and freaking, when she throws that one, he catches it and puts it through that dude's dome. I was like, oh hell yeah! Oh yeah, through that. Yeah, that that part's dope too. Um, Those guys were real were, were real broy. I will say this, I, we can't really not talk about this scene because it's it is the peak of the movie. Uh, visually, the colors are amazing mm-hmm. with with the red on the white and uh, the and salt planet, the salt planet, and you see, I don't, I, Chris. I'm gonna ask you this. Let me see if you noticed, but did you? So there's definitely hints to mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker walking out. Yep. And taking on Kylo Ren. And one of the biggest things was that every time someone stepped on this planet with the salt on it, they would imprint a footprint, but underneath the salt is this red planet. And then you saw Luke Skywalker come out, and I didn't catch this at first, but after I saw some stuff, I, I definitely saw it the second time. On exactly the same way. Obviously, I haven't seen it the second time, but... That was the I was completely surprised when when it happened, uh, which was really awesome because I was like sitting there in my head like, oh, this is going to happen. And then it didn't. I was like, oh, maybe this is going to happen or maybe this is what it is. So I was very surprised. But then as soon as it was done, I was looking back. And the biggest thing I realized about Luke not actually being there and being like an astral projection the thing that set me off after I'd seen it was the fact that he never connected lightsabers or anything with Kylo Ren. He just dodged him the whole time because if he had tried, he would have passed right through him. But right. that thing, and then I was—I ta- think I was talking to somebody maybe yesterday, and uh, and it came up like, yeah, no, he's walking it, and you see Kylo Ren when they face each other, and he like digs his freaking feet in, and like leaves these big red gashes, and then Luke's walking, right, you see but that. he leaves no—he yeah. leaves no red yeah. behind him. Yeah, you see, and and they show you, but it's like almost you just don't catch it. Well, and also shows they also do a little bait. They did a couple things throughout the movie. He did a great job. The director Ryan Johnson of uh, leaving breadcrumbs. And one of them was like a scene that seems insignificant where like a commander guy stands up with binoculars to look and see. And then the guy that's sitting in the trench is like, Oh, what's this? And he like, and he puts his, salt. where the guy had just stepped. It was just a very light step. There was a red footprint. And he's like, Oh, it's salt. Right. 
But that's like a breadcrumb to show that it doesn't take a ton of like force to dig in to get to the red. You literally just have to step and you'll touch the red. So that means when Luke's walking, he would be leaving them if he was actually there. The other thing that I didn't know when I first saw it was Luke's hair is darker and he has a goatee and not a full beard and his hair is shorter. Which is a weird thing because I thought that too. I like didn't really I saw get it, that like, either. He just stopped to get a haircut on the way. He's like, "Well, I better, better look my best. I'm gonna be showing up." Yeah, I, I I didn't really get that. Like, what why what was the significance to that? But I, was it maybe to just show that he's like another Easter egg to be like he's not really there? Yeah, maybe it was like you know I thought it was possibly he was trying to like emulate what they would remember may- him as like an older version of what he would look like. But I, I, I thought it maybe was just a, if nothing else, I really think it's just to throw off the viewer. It's supposed to be like, he showed up and he readied himself. <laughs> you think maybe the possibility could be that, you know, he's obviously using this, the force, like it's never been used before. Sure. And so he's like, if I show up scraggly hair, looking like a, a fucking bum. They're gonna be like this. His Luke Skywalker don't got it no more. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if I show up, maybe with a uh, shorter, like a little bit of clean, more little clean cut, and a little bit younger, he'll he'll actually really want to. You know, I, I completely actually, agree. That's actually you know a really good point because I think that the, it happens earlier where she's like, "You can come back and you can save us. You could save the resistance." And he's or top the first order. And he's like, "How am I with a laser sword going to do that?" And that's right. a true. That's truth. Like. One he in the older in the older like the you know uh, four five six sure you can make the argument that one Jedi took down the Empire by you know fighting and then Darth Vader picked up the Emperor and all that stuff you know like you know it took a whole bunch of people to blow up the Death Star and and do all that stuff too but I think that he's basically just kind of saying listen you all think you need a hero or you need somebody to be like a a spark for you so he shows up as the most heroic form of himself like the projection and that's that's a cool thing too and that is you know each movie gives new force powers like there's some that are always constant but there's some that you're like oh wow no one's ever done that with the force how is that even possible and in this one you see this we've never seen anybody astral project with the force and so that catches everybody off guard but also i I think he was just in everyone's mind they needed this super heroic version of himself and i you put it that way actually thought made me think of that because if he shows up all scraggly they're like oh man it looks like luke hit the bottle and yeah. he's like, Clunk comes in there looking all good with a darker hair and a goatee, and he's giving winks out to C-3PO, and he's like, all right, I'll see y'all on the flippy flop. Yeah, no, and that's, the thing I actually really love about that is uh, it's also seamless. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, unless somebody told you going in, there's no way you're going to catch all that. And then when you look back at it later, or like find out later, you're like, wow, I totally missed it. I know, and I, was- I, I, I mean, sure, there are little things, some people are super like can really deduce things or they're very observant, but like some of I know we're going to get into some of these brutal internet reviews and stuff, but like people are like, Oh, I saw everything coming. It's like, no, you didn't see everything coming. That's not right, possible. Right. You couldn't have seen everything that happened in that coming. Speaking of bad reviews, there are some really harsh internet reactions. Damn and, harsh uh, stuff. I was shocked. You actually texted me. Cause I would just, you know, the Rotten Tomato scores is a 93 or whatever. And I was like, Hell yeah, that's exactly what I put in my book. I'm like, if Empire Strikes Back is a 9.5, I've been saying this is like a 9.3, 9.4. And then you're saying, like, yeah, people hate it. And I was like, no, they don't. And I hopped on there. It's like got a 54% with the audience. Right. Like, so what the hell? Let's let's talk about that for a second. 
so you've got it comes out and this also has come out that there's been some uh, uh, accusations that Rotten Tomatoes has been suspect on the thing and like right, this right, isn't right, the right, correct right. score saw, saw blah 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 today. like it's all been rigged or whatever right right so for whatever reason the the critic score and the user is it user score the critic score the, and then the audience score the user the regular score, yeah. Joe the regular the Joe score it's yeah. for the people the people, the for the people, people. like it um, is really skewed and actually that's got a lower score than any of the prequels mm-hmm. yeah it, this is an odd uh, this is a very uh, strange thing to see in general sometimes you'll see a little bit of a, a difference like maybe critics like a super artsy fartsy kind of movie gets like a 90 and then the audience gives like a 78 or you know like my, my guiding principle with Rotten Tomatoes you know I, I don't try and be like crazy snobby about it because sometimes if a movie gets like a 58 or uh or a 45 or whatever but then if the audience scores like 80, 80 between 80 and 90 you'll see sometimes that difference the other way i'm like okay that means that movie is a really good time like i'm gonna have fun or i'm gonna enjoy parts of that even if it's maybe not the best movie of all time this is like the craziest difference i've ever seen between a movie being like critically loved and audience because of maybe it is maybe it is suspect whatever but looking at some of these bad reviews like really the star wars fan base just wasn't super happy it's very divisive it's maybe the most divisive star wars movie and i say maybe very lightly because it definitely is um yeah i I feel like you know me and you we had a conversation about it but um let's let's dig into that a little bit um me and you came out was like this has got to be top three. I think top three for you. I think maybe it's, I think it's I'm number two. I really do. Yeah, I said it was number two too. I think this movie is one of the best Star Wars films of all of them. Yeah, you know, obviously, Empire Strikes Back is gonna be one of the hardest films. Numero to beat. uno, it's, right? Uh, yeah, and then New Hope is in third for me. Me, but this is this is just great in every way. Yeah, wh- where do you put um, Force Awakens? I probably. Because I think there are enough redeeming qualities, put it in fifth. I probably yeah, go, I would I go say New Hope, Return of the Jedi, Force Awakens. I might put it. I might put it above Return of the Jedi. I just think there's. I I don't. I've never been the biggest fan of Return compared to the other ones, but I do think there are enough redeeming parts of it that it's like, damn, that is an amazing part, or that's an amazing moment, or that's an amazing thing, and that I think it saves it for me. And then I think it actually goes for me. Rogue One comes after that. If you're counting that. And then yeah, for sure. I would put the, the I would just do a roll the dice for the other three. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I would like choice. to pull out. I would actually like to pull out one of those Men in Black instruments and just erase my memory of the first one. Yeah, that's what people are apparently trying to do with this one, which is stupid. Yeah. Do you think? Uh, but I also heard this argument too. Do you think? Um, when the first one came out. And I'm talking Phantom Menace mm-hmm. when it was like the big reboot, got a lot of hype, and then you went and saw it. I feel like people thought it was really good, uh, and then I, later I, was like, "What the? F- we were tripping. That movie sucked." I mean, we were young, but I, I remember it being, I remember it being very shaky. I remember people coming out and saying, "Wow, that had some cool moments in it," uh, but it wasn't. Th- there's a lot of strange things they did or weird angles they took, but we'll see what happens. And then the Hayden. I think that I, I do agree with you. I think that then the next, the next one especially, and, and then the one after that, they sort of compounded on each other to show like the weaknesses 
became glaring. Like Hayden Christensen was just a freaking problem in the other two. And and then you look back at the first one, you're like, yeah, this whole thing is all over the place. Like you introduced Metachlorians and then you bring yeah. on this whiny ass Anakin, but he did, of course, because, and that's what I love too. Those movies tried to connect fucking everything in those ones. It was like, oh yeah, I definitely know. I've, I'm they were Yoda. too complex. Yeah, yeah I'm Yoda and I've worked too complex. with, uh, and, oh yeah, and I was, and, and Chewbacca gave me a ride here or Anakin built C-3PO or everybody in some way like, oh, that's not Jabba, that's Jabba Hutt's dad. There's little Jabba. Like, they put so much into it that this one on the other hand said, no, that's all bullshit. Like, it it doesn't, let that's all away. Like, this can be anything. You, it's vast. We're just happen to be right. following this small pot of people whose stories we're already invested in. Right, right. Yeah, those first three are interesting, um, to say the least. To say the least. I will say this about, like, talking about, I'm not just going to sit here and just jerk the new one or jerk The Last Jedi off until I break my arm. Like, there are some weak parts in it, especially the the Finn and Rose story, I think, serves a bigger purpose, but I, and Benicio Del Toro, I feel like that is kind of a mess at points that's just kind of wasting or buying time when we necessarily don't need it. I know that's been one of the criticisms. Uh, I know. Yeah. I, what did you feel? What did you think about that part? I thought, I thought the, uh, it definitely was a lack in characters who were in relations. Sure. In a relationship together. And it feels like, like the first one was like, Oh, Luke and Leia, they're going to a thing. But then, it comes out in the second one that they're brother and sister. Sure. And this one was just all over the map with that. And the other thing I didn't like was like, I felt like Ray was crying just way too much. <laughs> She's very emotional. Okay. There's a lot she was going very on. Very emotional. But it didn't need to be. I haven't heard that one yet. But she's I, dealing I with, felt- she's trying, she's really in the middle of trying to figure out like who she really is. The one scene that, really bothered me and like I when I went to see it the second time I was like oh pff, I'm gonna go see the I'm going to the bathroom on this moon and was the scene where she gets sucked in the hole and like goes to that mirror and it's just like snapping the fingers and all that you shit didn't li- like, you didn't like that it didn't make any sense to me it didn't had had nothing to do with the movie I mean I think that it was I see a lot of parts in that that I really like because number one the mirror that whole area that's the Sith side and that's the the whole or the dark side, the Sither of religion of it. But like uh, that's the dark side. And in that moment, while she's looking, she she takes control right then when she's snapping her fingers and putting everything together and talking about how she knew that she she wasn't afraid, like she knew she was safe. That's her basically saying like this thing can eat people and it can take them and turn them. But I'm in control of myself. And then there are other two points that are really key. I think are looking in the mirror and having her parents or looking for her parents and having them combine into one person, which is just her, which I think has bigger ramifications still to come. And then I also think that, uh, it's kind of cool that when she comes out of that, she, her hair's down the rest of the movie and she's wearing gray, which signifies that she is moved up a level from being like, you know, like a Padawan level, maybe not a master yet, but she's in that like interim phase. She's definitely a Jedi Knight. Like that's kind of like a that's an homage to the old movies because the same thing happens to Luke when he goes into on uh, da- on Yoda. Dagobah when he goes in and sees Vader and cuts off his head and it's his head. Oh yeah, uh, in the cave. Yeah, that after yeah. that he's different. He wears different. He wears a different clothes the whole time. He's not wearing like his little look at me. 
he's he, he where he's just different after then and they that's how they've always progressed jedi even in the, the original the when they did the prequels mm-hmm. you progressed by you know your colors changing and your hair changing and she's different after that moment because she took control the parent thing is always going to be i mean i know the two biggest things about like answers to questions we had the biggest one he's coming up with everybody is snoke i know that people that some people are really upset that we didn't get to know who that dude was and the other one is that her parents just apparently turned out to be nobodies even though it's kind of possible that that's not really the truth. That's a, and I didn't like that. I didn't like that they were like, really? Who's her parent? Who's her parents? Now she's gonna figure out her parents. Oh nope, not there. Who's I, her parents? I he loved knows. It. I didn't. I didn't. I was like, either tell us or don't. That's like, and we'll all move on from it. I didn't feel like it was. I didn't feel like it was necessary. I sorta am of the. I, I don't jump on a ton of like conspiracy theories, not conspiracy theories, but like. You know, oh, what about this? I try to kind of stay like neutral and balanced, like be nimble. But you know, there is definitely a, a a possibility that what he told her isn't true because in that moment he's trying to convince her that like it's okay right. to abandon this stuff. And like I saw them and they were nobodies. And he uses the line like you know, search your feelings, you know it to be true, kind of similar. And she kind of is like, yeah, I know it. But I still think that that's like a very kind of like. Uh, that that's a tactic to get somebody to come to your side. Like I'm telling you something that will let you let go and come to me. I think the mirror showing her, I, I think she's got something to do with baby. Maybe she's like a force baby. I don't know. That's always been a speculation. Was is she from Obi Wan? Is she from Darth uh, the Emperor? I don't know. But I think it's just interesting that the mirror showed her that there was really no parent. If she's kind of like immaculate conception or, or maybe it just turns out that her parents really are nobody which i'm equally as cool with because i don't think you need to have any special blood in you to be a jedi yeah that, that's where it gets a little complex metachlorians are dead fuck them fuck them the snow uh, thing the snow thing though i didn't have a problem with that either i've seen people be like we didn't know anything about him i think it's i think it's fine i don't i don't need to know anything about him. all i need to know is that the force if someone chooses the dark side, I'm sure we will get some more answers about how he got into Luke's camp because Luke knew that, oh, well, Snoke's already gotten too deep. So we'll get some more backstory, I'm guessing, because I, get, I doubt they'll just one. leave it like that. But I'm okay with him showing up and dying. All you need to know is that guy was freaking powerful and angry and full of rage, and he could make Force Lightning like it was nothing. And then he freaking just gets whacked because that's how war and death are. It just happens. It doesn't need to be ceremonial. It needs to be a freaking sweet-ass fake-out bisect you in half and watch your skeleton ass head hit the ground plot wise i liked all the things i struggled with the big my biggest two struggles were the casino and the horses getting away and kind of the political type injection of like war is about money and these people made money and when they could have just gone to some like freaking tatooine cantina and found benicio del Del toro and saved us all a lot of time. And my other thing is that they are kind of backed themselves into a strange fucking corner by having like multiple opportunities to kill Leia and not taking any of them so that the next film, literally she either has to die off screen or opens with at her funeral. Those are the only two options I can see at this point because they already have confirmed that she's not in episode nine. So, I mean, they had like, Oh, Oh, she can die in space. Nope. She just Mary Poppins her way back because the force has a purpose for her. That was, Uh, and then at the end, she really honest to God, she should have disappeared when Luke disappeared. They both should have moved on to the force. Yeah. But I guess she had, I think she died after they cut it. Well, they didn't. They, I yeah, guess they, they could have gone. Know. They had plenty of time to go back and do you it. You don't know anybody's going to have a ginormous heart attack. So that's that's right. sad for them. But I just I'm curious how they're going to get out of that one. It's like, oh, yeah, 
Remember when Princess Leia died? That was a real bummer. Yeah, moving on. Those are my only yes. two holdups at this point. There's a lot of like little stuff, but those are really, honestly, my only two. Fair enough. Uh, on that note, let's get into some of the harshest critics. And go see the movie for yourself. Have your own stuff. Seriously, go you see it. Just if you've never seen a Star Wars film, pick one up and watch it. If you're not, if you've never seen a Star Wars film, go find the tallest bridge near you and walk off of it because you're dumb. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> Pull your head out. Go see the movies. Um, you're really missing out. Yeah, read some of these sweet things to finish this this sweet episode midseason finale off because a little hate makes you understand why you love things more sometimes. Right, right. All right. So here are the biggest trolls on the internet oh, and what they have to say about The Last Jedi. Mickle's KO. I don't know if that's a SCO, Mickle Co., whatever. Anyway, they say The Last Jedi is unspeakably bad. One time I mixed peanut butter with cottage cheese and pickles together as a snack. The movie was worse than that. Yikes. Uh, why on earth did you think those things would ever go together? Um, I think it's more of a metaphor for the film. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Katie Duckworth says, Last Jedi is so cheesy, so terrible, so cringeworthy. Rose? Terribly annoying the whole time. Poe? Definitely should have been executed for treason. Hux, suddenly a buffoon, Leia, immortal, good, sick. I think it's supposed to be like, good, sick, sick, good, bro. sick. Yeah. Hux is a buffoon. He should be. He's supposed to be a freaking zealot. Zealots are big, did, weaselly idiots. Did you catch that uh, Poe called him Hugs? Did he? Yeah. What's I'll that hold. mean? Like hug instead of Hux, he called him Hugs. Oh, he called him the wrong name? I didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah. That's Apparently amazing. Uh, I nearly vomited. <laughs> I nearly vomited when Luke Skywalker squeezed the teeth of a grotesque alien and chugged raw milk for laughs, and that basically sums up how I feel about the Last Jedi. I know there's a lot of like people thought that the humor was maybe a little Look, too much, but man, did you see right. Puppet Yoda? No, I was fucking crazy in Return of the Jedi and right. Empire Strikes Back. This one is by far the funniest one, but I thought it was fine. People thought some of the humor was poorly timed, like in dramatic moments they would cut it with like a little bit of humor, which I maybe I can understand if that throws you no. out and takes you out of the moment, but I really liked it. I thought it was good. My favorite one of my favorite lines is uh you need to get your head out of your cockpit. <laughs> yeah, there's stuff they just stuff like that. Like even I mean it's like some of the best ones or some of the things people are like, Oh, that scene where they're in the ad ats and they're gonna fire on him and he's like I can't remember what he says. Hux is like yelling at, at kylo to stop or or he's like yeah don't don't it's something about firing on that man and he's like he's just one guy did it any freaking kylo ren just force slams him into the ground and that dude that's running it just goes eh, yeah come in, and i'll go ahead and take care of that yeah, yeah, like, yeah. commencing <laughs> yeah. firing like just immediately <laughs> like okie dokie he's like oh, oh yep and we're gonna do that now. yeah whatever that uh, guy said because he just didn't even touch that guy <laughs> and threw him into a wall yeah that's a good scene um oh speaking of you you did the mary poppins thing so i'll read this one Last Jedi was awful throughout, but Leia floating through space like Mary Poppins was the standout moment in terms total and utter 100% shitness. <laughs> this is so bad. Like I can't, This movie is not that bad. Like I didn't hate that part, but I also don't understand. Yeah, that part it was. Still. I mean, I mean that part is that part is that part. Just let it. It's fine. Is like, it the not force helping her? Because in space you just die. Like it, the for, right. no one's ever been protected in space by the force. Last Jedi is worse 
is the worst Star Wars movie. I actually caught myself hoping that Jar Jar Binks would come and save it. Jesus. People get a little ahead of themselves. Yeah. So this one is, and we'll leave it on this one. Um, I don't know if you know Colby Covington. Covington? Covington? Mm -hmm. I don't know. He's an MMA fighter. Uh, He basically tweeted this like pretty quickly. And he says, Luke Skywalker dies. Save you nerds two hours and 33 minutes of your virgin lives. You're welcome. Try something new. It's ladies night. Go get laid. Good Lord. These people are idiots. Like this movie was actually really <laughs> fucking good. Oh well, you know what? We liked it. Go be the judge for yourself. Seriously, um, do you feel like you need to see any of the other films before seeing this movie? Yes, absolutely. You need to see. You need to see all of them. No, you don't need to watch the prequels. At least you need to see at least Force Awakens, right? At least four, five, six, seven. I know that sounds like a tall uh, order, think, but just make it happen. I think you can. I think you could see this series without four five six i mean you can i think you absolutely can just do this and kind of infer that luke skywalker was a big deal and hanzo was clearly somebody uh i don't think you need it i think you'll appreciate it more if you watch the if you watch four five six absolutely look at the end of the day this is a great pop culture film series hell yeah and it's and it's raised the bar in the film industry and in the storytelling um the dynamic of characters the creativeness on weapon technology, uh, it's all over the map. I think it, you just, there's something you can take away from it. You'll have fun at some point in time. Hell Unless yeah. you're just a completely cold, black-hearted person. <laughs> like some of these people that hate it. Yeah. They hate Star Wars. I, or I could see like a, never mind. Anyway, we'll leave it on that note. Um, anything to say before we, we, we dip out for the holidays, Chris? Everybody have a happy holidays. Enjoy your time. Spend time with people that you love. Uh, spend time with yourself if you love you. And uh, and uh, that's, that's all I got. As we say goodbye for 2017. Uh, what was your favorite memory of 2017? Do you have one? You got married. Mm, I did you that. You better say that. That's yep, the one. Definitely married. not you Star Wars. say that one. It was totally, definitely the Mary thing. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, uh, everyone have a happy holiday. Kiss some people's under the mistletoe. Drink some eggnog. Get it in if you can. And uh, I will talk to you motherfuckers next year. Bye-bye.